Hey guys, welcome back to the show. So today's going to be not our typical episode. It's actually going to be similar to our one talking about what happened in Illinois. If you guys remember that episode, it's talking about what happened with pretty much just complacency. Today we got a similar case. Um, I'm not really into doing the whole news thing, so sometimes I, I don't get all the details 100% accurate, but it's not meant for you to... Listen to it as if it was detail-oriented like a court case. This is more of like, this is what happened, form your opinion, and let's talk about the ethics and stuff behind it. That way we can bring education in that way. But today we're going to be talking about the sleepy paramedic and what happened with that. So the sleepy paramedic is this guy named Zach Krickenberger. Um, I actually saw him quite a bit of times on TikTok and other platforms before this incident happened and I don't know if exactly the video was posted like a month ago or something like that I don't know if anybody has the actual timestamp when it was posted please let me know but pretty much what happened is this guy his his name is a sleepy paramedic he's on TikTok and he has a huge following about a million people or close to a million people or something like that I don't know if he had more before the incident um, but pretty much what happened is he had a really good following where he was teaching a little bit but he did a lot of jokes like a lot of healthcare jokes and stuff like that that everybody could laugh at but was geared towards like the darker side of healthcare and stuff but he had an episode or he had a video that he posted where he explained that he had a case one time working in 911 where they went out to a residence and he said the whole family looked like a normal family there was anything wrong with them or anything like that. They had a sick family member. Well, he went to the back bedroom and this family member was dead and too far gone for them to do resuscitative measures. So pretty much what happened is when they got back there, he realized that this person was only about three feet tall and they had dwarfism. Well, the rest of the call went as any normal provider would do that works out of hospital they explained to the family you know the patient's this far gone you know they did their grievances and stuff like that condoles you know did everything that they were supposed to do and then go back to the truck and he talked with his partner for a minute or something like that and he turned away from the family and he played the song the lollipop guild it was a mocking situation but it's supposed to be just like an inside joke with his partner about how as a little person and they don't really see those in the field and for somebody that has worked in healthcare like myself in total I've only treated maybe three or four patients that were little people I think that is the correct term still so if it's not please let me know first I'm going to talk about the healthcare side of it, which is where I'm going to try to understand where he's coming from. And then I'm going to talk about the public side. As a person that has worked in healthcare, as a person that works in healthcare now, I can tell you that there is a time and place for everything. And as you progress working with the public and in healthcare, that window of time and place starts to get more and more small. You stop really seeing that things are taboo to talk about or to joke about in certain instances, and you start looking at everybody like they can tolerate the same jokes as you. For most of us, it's just a coping mechanism. 
we're not really accustomed anymore to holding our tongue or feelings about stuff. And the way that we feel about everything has pretty much been internalized the whole entire time. And that's why for most people that work in healthcare, they typically only talk and interact with people that work in healthcare because they kind of understand their humor. They kind of understand where they're coming from and they can share these stories without it being super taboo. Not only that, but us having this kind of humor is what really helps us get through the day. Because when you deal with so much death and you deal with so many sad things all the time, it just makes it easier and it makes it more comfortable to be able to joke about it and push it to the back instead of keeping it out in the open. So on a provider level, I understand the direction of the humor. And I think that for Zach, he has been in a position where he's been so numb to things for so long that I would like to believe that he did that because that was just his coping mechanism. And he's gotten to that point to where he needs to do that. He needs to cope frequently. And for him, those jokes might not be nearly as bad as what they seem like to us. Now, with that being said, the public side doesn't understand that. They don't understand the humor. They don't understand where we're coming from as providers and the things that we have to see and deal with. They don't they don't go out to the overdose calls. You know, they don't go out to the family members getting stabbed by other family members. They don't go out to all the deaths of children. They don't go out to the excited delirium patients and things like that. So they don't they don't see what we see every single day. And they haven't built up a tolerance to it. So when traumatic things happen to these people, they don't understand the humor behind it. And they might never understand the humor because once you're exposed to it, you build up a tolerance over more exposure. And if they just have one exposure, like a family's death, they haven't built up any type of resilience to it whatsoever. And I think that was the case with this for Zach because he's been a public figure for a long time. And you get into a sense of comfort whenever you have this kind of following and that you've pushed the boundaries with other things and you've seen promising outcomes. With this one, it was a little out of taste. Now, I would be lying to say that behind closed doors, people in healthcare do not make some of the most dark, cruel, nasty jokes you would ever hear in your life. That would be an absolute lie. It absolutely happens, especially if you work in rural counties and rural states, you know, you work in Kentucky, Tennessee, Iowa, Utah, you know, places like that where things are very, very rural. It's very old. It's very old country style where they push their feelings back naturally. You know, that's something that is pretty common in those areas. But at the end of the day, it comes down to time and place. Of course, me being the person I am, couldn't just watch the video. I had to go down and scroll and look at all the comments. And there was a lot of people saying, you know, either this was awful, you shouldn't be working in healthcare. And then there was the comment right after would be somebody saying, I back this guy up. People don't understand what it's like to be like us and yada, yada, yada. This has blown very, very far out of proportion. And like said before, Zach has now become a part of cancel culture. And I think that he will probably face the repercussions of this for a very long time, and it might never go away. The truth of the matter is that both sides, like I said again, are absolutely right. There was things that I would take out as a healthcare provider that I would say, 
yes, this is okay, you know? Having humor, having dark humor, there is nothing wrong with that. But there is a time and place and etiquette that comes with it, right? You have an ethical obligation to not view somebody as different, and you have an ethical obligation to not make comedy and stuff like that while you're still in the presence of family members. Regardless if they know what happened or not, you know, fast forward a few years later, let's say that this happened 10 years ago, whenever he was a brand new medic or brand new EMT, that family could remember him because for this family, that could have been the most traumatic time in their life. They could have lost the one person that held their family together. And for Zach to make comments like that, they might have never been aware of it. And they thought that he was the best person. He was very welcoming. He was you know, considerate, he was knowledgeable, they might have thought all of this stuff, and then they see this video and they start to think, wow, that's the person that I had that trust in. And that brings me to my next point. How we're perceived in the public is a direct reflection of our attitudes, our cleanliness, our, you know, composure, things like that, our education, and it's also about the quality of our character as well. That's one thing that people miss whenever they get into healthcare is that they come in with all of these glorious ideas of I want to help people and I want to do this and I want to do that. And then after they do it for so long, they start to lose that drive and they're just doing it like it's a normal job. But part of this job is trying to maintain that compassion and that passion for the job in general. And once you lose that, you start to lose the trust from the public. And a lot of people, and this was even in the comments too, was thinking and saying, I don't trust anyone in healthcare. I I don't ever want to go here, or this is the reason why I don't go back to hospitals and things like that. And they're right to think that. We, as people that work in healthcare, have not just a duty to do something, but we should have the de- the desire to do it. And for all intents and purposes, when it comes to this situation, like I said already before, it wasn't poor taste, but I don't hold it completely against him. I think that in your life, you make a lot of decisions and not every single decision is a direct reflection of who you are as a person. I would like to believe that the sleepy paramedic is still a great provider because you can just tell that in somebody doesn't mean that they haven't made some really stupid comments before or thought some really stupid stuff was funny. You know, there's people that you meet that don't really have a great sense of humor, but they are genuinely good people with this situation here. Like I said, I would like to believe that Zach is actually past that. And I would like to believe his apology video was 100% sincere and that there was no way that he would ever do something like this again and that he's going to reflect on where he's come from in medicine and where he's at now. But yeah, that's that's my stance on the subject. Um, I think that we need to start doing better as far as providing more things for mental support towards people that work in healthcare. And that we should get rid of this cancel culture behavior, start thinking about all the good stuff that somebody has done versus, you know, some comments that they made here and there and stuff like that. 
it wasn't outright prejudice, sexist, racist, stuff like that. And it was just in poor taste. Don't make that a whole entire reflection over who someone is. And for the people that are doing this, like I said, I I hope that things change for him. And I hope that he does get a little bit of help and try to refresh why he's in this field and take a break from social media for a little bit and things like that. And I hope he does get, you know, keep his following and stuff because he did work hard to get to where he is. Um, for the people in the public, as somebody that works in healthcare, I am with you. I do understand where you're coming from. And I hope that you guys get retribution for everything that did happen um, in that you also reflect on the situation too. Try to look at it from every single angle and try to figure out what the next moves are for for you as the listener. But before we go, what is our major takeaways from this? You know, I like to tell everybody this story that I had uh, working just at a normal 911 service. We went out to a barely conscious lady. She just had a frequent history of UTIs. Everything was pretty much textbook. She was slightly altered, but she kind of knew where she was. She was hypotensive, all this other stuff. But she was with it a little bit to kind of know what was going on. So we thought she was just having another UTI. We go ahead, we treat her, bring her up to the hospital. We're nice through her the whole entire way. At this time, I just got certified as an advanced provider. So making that change and going up was still a little bit new to me. And this lady was a hard stick. and I had to stick her like three times because she had like a 70 systolic blood pressure. And it was just, it was a mess. But I remember the whole time I'm just sitting there talking with her, calming her down, everything. And she ended up being a member of the newsletter or the news company of the city. So fast forward two weeks later, we see my name in the paper and we're thinking to myself like, uh, wow. So the big takeaway of this as a healthcare provider is you never know who you're treating. You never know who's watching you or who's listening to you. And it's important to always take that into consideration whenever you're treating somebody or whenever you're going out into the public, or if you work in a hospital, when they come to you, you never know who that person is. You never know who their resources are. And that's why it's just good behavior and it's good practice to always do as best as you can be as knowledgeable as you can make sure you keep up with your studies and things like that. And then also treat everybody with a certain level of dignity, no matter what, because as a healthcare provider, You know, you signed up for this job, regardless if you hate it 10 years in or five years in or 20 years in, or if you don't hate it and you just don't want to be there that day or you're having stuff going on at home. When you work in this field, you only see people on the worst days of their life. And it's important to understand that because when it comes to you and if you need help for you or your family or anybody that you know, You want the people to come to your house to want to do their job, want to be the best at their job, and you want them to be charismatic. You want them to be great at having a patient rapport, and you want them to, you know, treat you with a certain level of respect. So that's the major takeaway from this, right? Make sure you're always striving to do better. Make sure you're always thinking about how you can do better. And at the end of the day, whether you are a member of the public or whether you are in healthcare, 
it's important for you to understand that somebody is always watching you. Somebody is always going to hold you accountable to your actions, no matter if you want them to or not. But with that, guys, that's pretty much everything that I have today. So if you have any questions, comments, like always, reach out to me. All the links are posted below. Uh, Thank you guys for hanging out with me today and listening to the podcast. As always, love you guys, and I hope you guys have a great day.